Hello and you're very welcome back to another Ladboys.ie Let's Get Talking, Let's Get Sharing podcast episode. We've got some fantastic guests lined up for the next couple of weeks and this guest is no different. Today's guest is Lee Moran who's currently living at large over in Dubai and we talk about his life that's led him to this point and everything that comes along with it. It was a really fantastic conversation to be a part of and I've no doubt you'll get the same level of enjoyment listening to it as I did being part of it. So sit back, relax and enjoy the rest of the episode. How's it going then, Lee? Happy Monday for you over there. I know it's a Sunday, but um, you're over in Dubai at the moment and basically the, the work week starts on a Sunday over there, isn't that right? That's right, yeah. It's a strange one to wrap your head around. So uh, our work week goes from Sunday to Thursday. So everything's a, like a day behind um, and it feels like, or a day ahead even. So it always feels like you're a day, you're a day ahead of everyone else. So when you're, it's, it's the weirdest on a Sunday because that's when everyone at home is just doing their Sunday usual, going out and whatever, like going on walks or having a Sunday roast and when going to work. So it's uh, that's the weirdest thing, I'd say, to get your head around with Dubai with your routine. But other than that, can't really complain. <laughs> Life's good over here. So, I mean, that's that's not nothing to be complaining about. It's just a weird thing to uh, get used to. Yeah, um, I've been following, well, been mates with you since back in JD. We worked in JD together. Would have been kind of the one who uh, introduced me to JD when I first started. Funny yeah, enough, yeah. <laughs> funny enough. That's right, I, yeah. I was only thinking back there, uh, I think it was yesterday or today, when I first started and uh, you were like to be on now, Nathan, anytime anyone comes up the stairs into the footwear section, you have to say, hello, welcome to JD. <laughs> stop just to give any listeners a bit of context i worked in jd from when i was 17 right through college for like five years so yeah i've seen many many people coming and going and that's right so Nate and you are one of the new staff and i used to because i was there so long i used to train in and, and show all the new staff around kind of, i actually really enjoyed that bit of it but yeah occasionally Taking the piss out of you, like, like, like you said there. I actually forgot about that. That was funny, isn't it? Yeah, it was hilarious, man. It was hilarious. So I suppose um, kind of like just to get let people get to know a little bit more about you, like where you're from, what age you are. and Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm 28. Um, and most people are always surprised when I tell them the age because lucky me, I don't look that old. But yeah, definitely feel that old. So I'm 28. Um, I'm from Blanchestown, Dublin, originally. And... Yeah, kind of grew up in Blanchestown my whole life um, in, in a state called Whitestown. Um, and yeah, grew up in Whitestown. When I was 17, I finished school, went to uh, Trinity College and graduated with a degree in physiotherapy. And after college then, I was 22, 23, finishing college, I think. I suppose I was there, like, with regards to the, like, going to college and going to Trinity, quite a prestigious college in Ireland and, you know, very well-known college. And I suppose I was even just thinking back there today, like, it wouldn't be the typical route for someone to go who is from Blanche. Like, I know a lot of people who are from Blanche would go to, you know, TU, which is now TUD, but um, yeah. which would have been I, ITB at the time, so. Yeah, I think for me it was... Uh, I mean, like you, you kind of said it there, not many people from Blanche would go to a college like Trinity and uh, no more so than not many people from Whitestown specifically would go to college in general. But yeah, so for me, it was it was a big thing to go to a college like that. And um, it was a, a felt, what felt like a different world. I, I always say like, I always look back on my college experience and I and I, I don't look back on it with like good memories in the sense that I hate college. <laughs> 
didn't like it. Didn't I? I would say I didn't enjoy the experience, the whole college experience, um, and I didn't really have one. More so, just for me coming from where I come from, and I come from like again a working class family in a working class area, and growing up around that type of community, which I love, and I'm proud of where I come from. But going to a college like Trinity is just it felt like what at the time is it was like a different world. Um, I used to be conscious of how I spoke because I speak with more of a common accent. I'd be conscious of how I dress because I'd be walking around in like nice enough to me, nice hair max tracksuits, nice mm. runners. I'd be into me fashion, but like me street fashion and stuff like that. But to most people that you'd see in Trinity College, and, I've, and I'll generalize it, you'd say you wouldn't see fellas dressing like me in Trinity College <laughs> that went there. I few and far between. So I even spoke like me, even in my class, it was a, uh, it was a it was a weird environment for me, and and I look back on it and I think because of those little things that made me feel conscious of myself, made me kind of almost distance myself from actually building any relationships or making any real friends in college. So for what I used to do was I, I just wouldn't go in most of the time. I just mm. be like ah yeah now I'd miss days or or else I'd come in and I'd be late for a lecture and what I do is I just go home I wouldn't even go into the lecture that's at one point I was actually made me so anxious that, that if the lecture was already started I just wouldn't go in if I was a bit late and coming from Blanche to Trinity is about an hour away 45 minutes to an hour on the bus so I jump on the bus and go straight back home and just say oh I only had I tell me my home like oh, I only had like one lecture this morning and I'll have to do project work and just I just lie <laughs> to be honest yeah. I used to just lie just I to, just so no one to be questioning me you know I know what you mean when you say about college and looking back and maybe not having the fondest of memories. I think, you know, college is built up to be this thing where it's like, oh, everything is so much easier after leaving, sir. It all gets easier after that. Mm. And, you know, you're going to go into college, you're going to enjoy yourself, you're going to have the time of your life and all this stuff. But it's not always the case. I think my degree that I did was quite similar in that nature, that it was it was a difficult and challenging degree in itself. And then, you know, people who were studying that degree, it wouldn't have had a whole lot in common with them in any way so it maybe didn't you know get that full kind of college experience but I suppose a fantastic achievement that you did go on and you completed your degree and you know you you got your um, qualification in physiotherapy so like I mean that in itself I was kind of saying to myself earlier on that it's not just muscles and tattoos leaders there's a brain yeah. there and you're an intelligent bloke yeah 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 I'd like to think so yeah but yeah, yeah like you said I mean to come over in the end with the degree and um, with the qualification, that was that was the goal. And I, I went through periods in college when I felt so uncomfortable, so out of place. And I was like in a bad place a few times with how I was feeling personally while going through college that I was very close to dropping out. And eventually I kind of just said, you know what, what I can potentially do with my life if I get this degree will will be worth it in the end. And that's kind of what got me through it. Like, and and hindsight's a beautiful thing. I look back to college and I think to myself, do you know what? Like, I could have been a bit more open. And, and what I used to think, and this was my mindset at the time, was in college was like they're all just too posh. <laughs> this was my head mindset. Like, they're all too posh. I come from, well, I don't want to say a rough place, but you know yourself. Like, what, yeah. like reputation precedes it a little bit. It can be rough at times. And again, like I come from from a very like um, different background. We'll say to everyone that was in my class. So I used to just in my house, ah they're just posh people they don't have a clue or like i don't that type of life and and i almost in a way it was like i look back and i think it was more probably more in my mind thinking they were thinking that about me rather than 
anything else, you know? So it's almost just like I, I kind of block myself from actually doing it rather than the people in my class being those type of people. Because for the most part, they were really nice. Like most of the classmates were actually really nice people. And I just couldn't build any connections. Or, and I think more so I wasn't even willing to try to build the connections or make friends really with them. Um, and I, one piece of advice I always say to people who I know are starting college or going into college is to forget the, forget the academic side, but just try and immerse yourself in the social aspect of it and make friends and be open to making friends outside your actual friend group. Like I know, depending on where you come from, like I come from a background with a big friend group from home and I was always more inclined to stick with those guys, you know, because they were my childhood friends and I'd still be with them all the time. Um, so obviously there are people be going to college that are like that and it's easy not to feel like you, you need to make too many friends or start to um, get involved with other, other groups of people, you know, because you already have your group. So I also say, look, try immerse yourself and get involved and join clubs. And like I played football for the first two years and, that, and those were the good years, I would say. And then I kind of left the football team because I started to get into that mode of wasn't feeling like it was for me and stuff. So, but yeah, it was an amazing thing to come out in the end. Like in the end, I'm doing what I'm doing now because of what I did in college. And, and that's, that was in my mind at the time, even though then I hated it. Even after college, it took me, and I was, we'll probably get to the next part about what I did after college, but it took me like, I would say two, two and a half years almost to actually go back to pursuing a career in physio after I left college. Because of the experience I had, I just kind of felt like, you know what, I just I basically didn't feel good enough. Didn't feel like I, I knew anything. Didn't feel like I was going to ever make anything of myself as a physio because because I missed so much time and because of the type of experience I had in college, it just made me feel like, shit, you know what, I'm actually, like, I'm not going to be good at this. I don't know enough. The one thing that saved me most part through college was um, on placement, we have to do, so as a, when you do train for physio, you need to do clinical placements and you need to do a thousand hours of clinical placements. Basically, it's like work experience. I used, I worked in uh, several hospitals, Tallaght, St. James's, um, one out in Lachlanstown, um, and Kappa Hospital. So you work with patients, and obviously as a physio, you need to have a certain level of a clinical experience or clinical knowledge, which I was really lacking. But what I didn't lack was the ability just to talk to people. Just because I came from a place where I was so used to speaking to normal, everyday people, I'll call them, and that's what I came across in the hospital. So that's where I kind of found my niche in the sense of, right, you know what, if there's a way that I can be good at this job, it's my ability to communicate with people, which is, as a physiotherapist and as a healthcare professional, it's massive. Your ability to empathize with people, to just communicate, to listen to them. And it's a really important thing. So that eventually is what kind of, Gave me a, a glimmer of hope, I'd say, after college to think, you know, I could probably do it. But for the most part, I left college thinking, I'm never going to be a physio. I don't know how I can do it. I just felt like I didn't know anything <laughs> in a yeah, way. You I, know, I think it's um, what they call imposter syndrome, where it's like, you know, you doubt yourself and all the kind of doubts of the external world comes into your own your own self. And you begin to say, well, you know, get into this place of, well, like, I, I'm simply not good enough. And I think if you tell yourself you're not good enough, you're not going to be good enough because ultimately the dialogue internally needs to be a positive one. You need to be, you know, encouraging and your own number one fan in a certain sense. But um, the piece with the, you know, that that kind of being able to talk and communicate with people, I think it's a phenomenal skill in any walk of life. And I think in particular, it's kind of a common thing that you come across with um, doctors. And it's a saying that you've got no bedside manners. Like, you know, you can't you know, actually talk to someone. And uh, mm. I think, you know, having that kind of um, ability and those characteristics will serve you in any walk of life. And uh, they are definitely now at the moment as well. But I suppose 
after college then you kind of said that you know it took a while to get into the the actual healthcare and into the physiotherapy profession I suppose within that time frame then you know what was what was the what was the stop gap and kind of how was the experience of kind of that in between the the two yeah I think uh, my, my ex- <laughs> where my life took me after college was, was a madness like it was a roller coaster of uh, a few years really when I look back and think of it now um uh, that kind of shaped me into the person I am now and really like I grew so much in those years so when I finished college um, it was 2015 I graduated in December and then it was coming into 2016 and it was right okay I have a degree now I could potentially go and start a career or try to get a job or pursue a job as a physio or else I can just kind of go and do something mad and because of me in the back of my head I just didn't feel good enough to do that job I didn't feel able or ready to actually go and be a physio. Um, so I think that was one thing in my mind that kind of pushed me in the other direction, which was to go and do something mad. So <laughs> what I did was I applied for a job in Ocean Beach and Ibiza and I ended up going and doing a season on Ibiza. Walked in um, Ocean Beach as a VIP host um, for a few weeks, not that long. And then I ended up being a PR manager for a bar on the West End and I beat it. I don't know if you've ever been, but it's... Have you been to Ibiza, mate? Actually? I've never been, man. I've never been. I was um, thinking about going last year, but obviously, you know... Yeah, it's, it's a place, honestly. It's a special, special place. I always say to everyone, and it doesn't matter what type of person you are, what you're into, if you like the party, if you don't like the party, I beat it. There's something in Ibiza for everyone, but it's, yeah, it's an amazing spot. So I went there um, because I've been on holidays there a few times and I always thought I'd love to do a season. So I was 23, actually, at the time. I would have been then. And yeah, then I went and I done the season. I was there for five months. Yeah, I was there for about five months and um, amazing experience. I think that's when I really started to feel more comfortable meeting different people. I always liked meeting people and partying with people. I was very like, you know, I'm like, I'm very easy to get along with. I'm easy to chat to. It's not. Um, and again, probably probably from the outside looking in, it doesn't seem that way. For some people who might like not know me, they might think different, but I am very easy to get along with. So I usually make friends quite easily in most situations. So when I went to Ibiza, meeting people from everywhere, from England, from Europe, from Africa, like you just meet people from all over the world in Ibiza and living there. And it's just such a community. Um, so it gave me a bit of a taste of that. And then that just helped me grow so much. Those five months, was I, I really grew and a lot in a lot of ways like I, I mean it was a mad time in my life I was coming out of one long term relationship that was kind of coming to an end I went to Ibiza that was where I ended up getting into another relationship which that relationship basically took me onto going onto TV then after Ibiza the following year yeah, so do you, uh, think, um, do you think by going over to Ibiza and having this kind of um having the desire to actually go out and meet new people and, and get outside your comfort zone allowed you to grow because I think previously you know within the in the college it was kind of like look this is what I know this is what I'm going to stick with and I'm not going to really try and immerse myself too much and then went over to Ibiza outside of the comfort zone and you know embraced everything that that came about yeah yeah I think yeah big time it does apps I was a lot more open to what I think in a lot of ways was I was still in in a sense I was still comfortable because I went there with with my mates from home but then outside of that, we all were meeting people, new people all the time, making friends all the time. So it was like I was still in a way I had that little fail safe of being with my group. 
But then outside of that, it was like, we just met so many people along the way. We made so many friends, like friends for life, people who I had, who have had the amazing, most amazing experience in my life with happened in those five months in Ibiza, like such an amazing time. But yeah, definitely like absolutely going into over to Ibiza. Or even, I think not just going to a place like Ibiza, but going abroad. And this is, we'll, we'll come back to this again when we talk about me coming to Dubai, but going abroad in any way, shape or form, and trying to start a job or trying to work or trying to have that new experience it is stepping outside your comfort zone for most people. And you'll always grow in one way, shape or form when you're outside your comfort zone. doesn't matter what, what it is. You'll always move slightly forward in life in some way, shape or form for yourself and learn something new about yourself or you'll meet new people, they'll teach you new things. And um, I beat it. This was, was all that for me. And it was a mad time like me. Like I was, it was a wild time. Like it was a wild five months basically where like, yeah, you and be think, partying all the time. I think, like, with regards, you know, like, come out of college and everyone says, need to get the job, I need to go on, I need to start progressing, I need to start moving forward. We're kind of in a society now where everyone is just chasing the next big kind of milestone, the next kind of achievement. I suppose it's important to remember that, you know, life is for living as well at the same time. And, you know, you did take the decision to move abroad and, and have a, you know, have fun for the summer and, you know, go and experience things. And, like we'll go on to the next thing here now and that in itself although it wasn't seen as like progress from a career standpoint it did direct you forwards um in terms of you know being able to network with new people meet new people and then the opportunity that arose to uh to go on to a tv show which you've just mentioned there previously as well so maybe you might want to talk about that a little bit and kind of how that all came yeah 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 no absolutely but like um like you were just saying there it is like go like you don't always have to fall into this societal belief that you need to leave college and go straight into the job and to settle into a career. And I think we're almost conditioned as people to believe that you need to, okay, at 18 to 22, 23, you're in college, 23 to 27, 28, you're building your career, 28, you're getting married, you're having kids. Not everyone's life needs to go that way. And that's not for everyone. And that's, again, like certainly it's the path a lot of people that brought up on believing that this is the way life is and if you haven't achieved certain milestones with certain ages, you start to doubt yourself or doubt what you're doing and I think what's better now is a lot more people are kind of just going on their own path and probably being a bit more open to okay, well I don't need to be settled down by this age or I don't need to have achieved all this by then and people going back to even college as mature students so i've had people messaging me seeing me over here saying you know what i'm kind of reevaluating what i'm doing when i've been talking about me moving to the boy and taking that jump and i think it, it is an important thing to, to to look at it that way that you don't need you're not on anyone else's clock but your own and it's always was important that you just trust the time in your own life and do things how you see fit and not to not to suit any sort of pre kind of conceived idea of this is how life should be your life can be any way you want it to be and it just depends where you want to go and what steps you want to take forward. So yeah, just to just to go back to the, what we were saying is a good point, you know. Um, sometimes you do need to just enjoy yourself and sometimes you do need to have certain experiences and that, like for me, okay, going to Ibiza and not starting my job in physio for like two and a half years potentially could have been career suicide for me. Like again, as a healthcare professional, it's not good to be out of practice so long because it's constantly new developments in healthcare and science that we need to be up to date with. So going away from it for so long was was in a sense really detrimental to what I'm trying to achieve or trying to do in a career. But in, in looking at it now, I wouldn't change it for a second because the, everything I've done in life has led me to here where I'm now doing what I'm supposed to be doing. As a physio, I'm, I'm 
very confident in what I do now compared to them. But um, so yeah, um, I think that's a good point to make about not getting stuck into this whole preconceived idea that everything needs to be achieved by this. You're on your own clock and no one else's. And that's, I think, for people to to try understand that and just take the pressure off. Do you know what I mean? I think society will just put that pressure on you to make you think you have to have all this done. And you don't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think as well, like with regards to, you know, the decision to go abroad and you know, taking the, the, the stock gap in the, the profession, I think, you know, you said, oh, well, it could have been detrimental and you could have looked back and had regret. But at the same time, if you make a decision that you that you feel as though it's best for you at that moment in time, and all you can make is the decision based on the information that is available at that present moment. And yeah, hindsight's a beautiful thing, but it's hindsight. And it, you'll only find that out after the fact and people can kind of get caught up in the past and wondering what if or if only I did this. And you kind of just need to accept that this is the decision that I'm making and make the most of every decision that you do choose to make. So, yeah, I think that's a, another really, really good nugget to, to uh, emphasize there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Absolutely. But, um, so yeah, so after I beat it, I was, I was in a relationship with this girl in, in Ibiza. And basically long story short, cause that's a, that's another hour in itself. Yeah. Long, long story short, me and her split up and we ended up going on a show on MTV called X in the Beach. So basically the concept is, is that there's uh, so many single people in the villa and their exes come onto the show to cause drama and all this stuff. So yeah, I'm sure most people probably listen might have seen it, or maybe not, but um, quite a popular show at the time, I would say, or probably even in the years leading up to it was really popular um, on MTV. So they, MTV contacted me on Instagram and basically asked me to go on the show. Um, now they try to keep it a secret for as long as they can to not let you know what it is but we know what it was like me and my ex both knew and um, so I went on that we filmed in Bali in 2017 we was in Bali for like three and a half weeks filming it and um, then the show aired that same summer um, so yeah that was that was a great experience like everyone else like, oh, what was it like and blah blah because like I was probably one of the first Irish fellas to go on like Reality yeah, TV on in general, yeah. On it, yeah, on it, and on MTV, I was the first one I think Irish lad to go on a show like that. So it was good. Like the the the, the everything was mad after the show aired. It was like getting people coming up to me all the time. You get people asking about pictures all the time. You'd get like obviously me following got a little boost on Instagram and stuff like that. Now the show itself didn't do by any means great. It was probably not one of our better series, but I never went onto it with the idea that I was going to come out to this like or be this big huge like thing afterwards I just thought you know what it'll be a good experience I'd love to go on TV and it's something I'd, I'd enjoy doing and something that I know I'd go and do and just be myself on and I wouldn't embarrass myself which was bar probably one or two cringy things I can say say I held myself pretty well on the show and I wasn't one of them idiots going yeah, on to TV gonna... and making a show of themselves yeah, I was going to say that, like, I think you did really come across quite well. And, like, you know, sometimes you can say, sort of say when the scene cuts to someone and there's, you know, let's say a particular fellow on the show and like, oh, Jesus, this clown again, like, what's he going to do? But there was never that there was never that case for, for yourself. And I think, like, I'd give a bit of dating advice on on the lad on my lad boy's account. And yeah, I definitely wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't advise going on to a, a beach and meeting up with your ex and having a lot of other exes um, kind of in and amongst all of that. And it can cause a lot of chaos. But uh, and, and a lot of cameras well. there as well. <laughs> 
and a lot of cameras there as well to catch what you're doing. But yeah, no, to be honest, it was it was a great experience. And uh, like to be honest, I've never really came on and spoke about it. Like I've never actually spoke about it too much in detail, like uh, online really, because when I came back on the show, from the show, like there was the girl at home who I wanted to start seeing and I did start seeing and eventually ended up with the girl for like two and a half, nearly three years. So because I was in a relationship, I kind of would be more introverted, would be more like focused on just me and her rather than trying to build me profile on Instagram or really try jump on the hype of the show like you know like ride the wave I suppose now I did do a few personal appearances in nightclubs and stuff like that as well which I like were just paid things and it was nothing mad um, I did get a little good a little bit over at the time to be fair like some modeling work and um, just some exposure but yeah like it was it was more like I never actually was trying to push that whole side of things and I did always think to myself in the back of my head that eventually I would go and do this job as a physio and I can't really tarnish uh, my reputation too bad if I want to go and represent myself as a healthcare professional because again who's going to want to go see a guy who was fucking if he was on telly shagging left right and centre do you know what I mean who's going to want to see that guy for a physio I mean regardless I could still be the best physio in the world you know, but no one's going to take you serious because the perception of you is different. And that's just, that's again, it's just one of those things you have to just accept. And that's, that was a thing that I was always in the back of my head a little bit. I am, um, when I was on the show, I was like, don't do anything stupid here. And I didn't do anything stupid, to be fair. <laughs> so I was no, you didn't, but I can confirm that as well. And then uh, maybe if people wanted to really go back and have a look, I'm sure they can find the episode somewhere. But, uh... <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> you don't want to see that now. <laughs> but, um, what is it going to say? So like sometimes, you know, when, when these kind of things crop up and you're kind of, you know, the question might be asked, well, why did you do it? Um, I think sometimes the question is just why not? And, I think that's kind of what your approach would have been and why not do it. And although, yeah, there could be negative outcomes off the back of it, but I think as long as you know yourself and you know the direction that you want to go in and, you know, you stay true to who you are, you're going to do well um, if you're a good person. So, um, yeah, credit to you. And um, I think, like like you said, like, you know, could have been potentially um, a negative influence on the the physio side of things, but in, in a quite the opposite because when you did come off the show you kind of you held on to that integrity and you didn't you didn't go down the typical route of you know you know promotions after promotions after promotions and some of the products that are promoted are you know quite questionable and I'm not trying to say that you know people who do um you know go down the kind of influencer route um are any are wrong to do that I think it's as long as you know the deal is serving you but also serving your your following at the same time because you don't want to be selling your following down the river uh, for the sake of making a few quick quid but there's nothing wrong yeah. with doing it as long as it's coming from a good place i yeah i get you and i think look i mean i i, I have to say i did do a few paid promotions where we'll say questionable in terms of like i don't eat white and kids i don't like a texting thing that you text zero five whatever and, remember that one, and your crush's name like just cringy things but i was never selling i was never behind something that's like we'll say detrimental towards someone's health and i think i think a lot of people yeah like the people with huge followings obviously they get a lot of stick nowadays if they're pushing or peddling anything that is potentially not doing what it says it's or what they're trying to say it's doing like you know all these diet fads and all this 
diet pills, some of these fucking influencers trying to push. Like, my, the most for me was a teeth whitening kit. And I, I used to joke and said, you know, you, you know, you did reality TV if you promote teeth whitening kit because yeah. everyone, everyone who does reality TV ever will promote teeth whitening kit at one stage. Um, but yeah, I think at the same time, you, like I've done a bit, I've done some modeling work, but nothing ever crazy. And it was like, at the time, yeah, I was open to things. I was open to stuff like that because, to be honest, it was just easy money. You get like a good few hundred quid for those things and for doing posting a picture of it or putting up a story or two. Um, half the time, it is a lot of shit, really, you know. Um, the best of the products that I would have been getting would have been like the clothes I was getting sent. And I would very rarely do any clothes promotions if I didn't like the clothing. So, um, but yeah, I didn't really, like I said, I didn't push too much on the Instagram side of things. Now, uh, again, if the show had gone way better and it was amazing, like Love Island, how big Love Island was, it might have been different. Who knows? I can't sit there and say I wouldn't have been more involved in it if, if the show didn't do better. I'd be following blew up to like 100, a few hundred thousand K. just didn't go that way. And I didn't really care at the same time. It was just like, right, it wasn't anything special. It was, for me, still a great experience. I didn't do anything stupid. And, and yeah, like, it was just, it, I always look back on it. And I know some people have done the show, it don't look back on it fondly and regret it almost. And for me, I can safely say I don't regret it. It was a great time and I had a, had a great experience. And, like, one thing, I know a few people that are going on, the, the new series coming up, I know them from out here that are going to be going on it or potentially going on it. And, like, ask me for a voice, and I'll just be like, listen, just be yourself. Honest to God, the producers are going to try, like, want you to be causing trouble or having sex or whatever. They're not going to want you to do all this. I've said, just whatever you want to do, you do it for yourself. And and then at least when you come off and the show airs, you won't regret it. Um, so that's, yeah, it's just one of those great experience. So, like I said, it was, it's a great thing. Like, something I can I can go, oh, yeah, like that if I want to like, give me family in the future or something to cringe at, I can go show them the series I was on TV on. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it is, it's, it's funny. It's a funny story to tell at the end of the day anyway. Yeah. Um, moving on from that then, you did come home and you did go into uh, the physiotherapy practice, uh, from correct and saying. Yeah, so I would have took, actually, funny enough, I came home and actually broke my hand the first night I came home. Um, and then that put me away from going and actually trying to get a job in the physio. So I ended up getting a job in Sky, worked in Sky for like a year, year and a bit. And I remember it just it really started to get to me then because I was like, right, I have this good degree. I'm not doing anything with it. I literally cannot remember anything from college. Like this is how far I felt. I felt like I couldn't remember anything. And then I was on the car one day and I heard a radio advert for a health. It was like a jobs fair for healthcare professionals in the RDS. So I said, you know what? feel like that's like some sort of sign that's telling me to go and start get the finger out and try to get a bleeding job as a physio. So I went to that and then um, it was mainly UK hospitals and Irish hospitals looking for nurses, not so much physios, but there was a hospital in the UK in um, Worcestershire that was looking for a physio and they basically interviewed me on the spot and offered me a job um, to move over, um, which I wasn't keen on because it wasn't a major city. It was like an hour away from Birmingham. And I was like, mm, do I want to move to Birmingham or an hour away? I was like, not really. So I was like, right. I was like, beggar. In my head, I was like, beggars can't be choosers. If this is the way I need to get my foot in the door, I'll have to do it. But first, what I'll do is I'll actually start applying to jobs because I hadn't even done that yet. I hadn't even applied for jobs. Um, and also, I had a girlfriend as well who wouldn't have been moving. So I didn't want to be moving away from her either. Um, so I actually applied for jobs, got an interview for local uh, private clinic in Blanchardstown that I eventually got the job with um, and I worked for them for nearly three years yeah that was kind of that took me then and 
honestly, from the time I started the job, I actually, I didn't get the job when they gave me the interview because I didn't have a clue when they asked me the clinical questions. They just really liked my personality. Mm. I had a good head on my shoulders and they knew I wanted it to, to kind of get my foot back in the door. So I actually went to that clinic two days a week when I was off work from Sky and I would just shadow the head physio. So I'd shadow him, stand there, basically do some mentoring with me, he would, and just basically watch what he did and how he spoke and um, really helped me kind of start to bring everything back. And then I started treating patients, like just with him. And eventually what happened was uh, physio was leaving on maternity leave and they needed someone. So they just said, you know what, let's give Lee a chance. And yeah, they gave me a contract. And within the first six months, I was one of the busiest physios they've ever had or or the busiest physio they've ever had within a six month within the four six month period. So I smashed it in the four six months to be fair. And yeah, didn't look back from then. I kind of that took me right through to working in that clinic for three years where I really developed. I done other postgraduate courses. I now I'm certified Pilates instructor. I'm I have strength and conditioning certification, I have joint needling certification and thousands upon thousands of hours of uh, face-to-face experience and treating patients and, tra- and treating people with various um, issues. So yeah, I've, I've, I've had a great experience w- with that and um, it was like better late than never. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, something that it's cliche, but if you don't ask the question, the answer will always be no. Like, you know, kind of saying that, you know, you need to actually start applying for the jobs in order to actually you give yourself a chance of getting them. And once you did that, the kind of detraction went from there and it wasn't all plain sailing, but you got there in the end and you, you know, you're, you're doing extremely well now. And I suppose, I think it was, I think I've, I've seen on your Instagram story that you'd kind of set out a goal. Um, I think it was at the beginning of 2020, was it? Um, that you wanted to move across to Dubai and kind of had that vision really clear, clearly set out and kind of developed somewhat of a roadmap and a plan um, in order to obtain that uh, that goal and achieve that that uh, that move, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think like that job I really developed really strongly as a physio, and um, like you said, I was if you don't ask questions, you don't get the answer. And initially, the reason why I put off applying for any job for physio for so long because I just was afraid I wasn't going to be good enough. I was just afraid to face the idea of me not actually knowing anything, <laughs> which is what I felt deep down is what I felt about it. And I knew I had potential. And I knew like, okay, do you know what? When the time is right for me, I am going to actually do this. And I, and I can do it. And that's something I used to try to tell myself. But then the other side of it was, I just was like, I don't have a clue. Um, and I just, yeah, I suppose it just goes to show that like, like looking back now in the last few years and how I've developed and even again Dubai when we tell the story about Dubai and what I'm doing here now it'll make me more sense like initially I felt like I can't do this I'm not good enough I was afraid to put myself out there and eventually I did and for doing that it's led me to where I am right now which is doing very well um, but imagine I didn't imagine I let that, that mindset stick with me and what would I have been doing I would have been in a job where I felt like I wasn't like I was I, to be honest I felt like I was too good for her. I was in Sky and I used to be like I felt like I'm wasted her not a lot of people feel like that they're in jobs that they feel wasted do you know what I mean yeah it's I think- like I felt like I've so much more to give than just sitting here taking phone calls do you know what I mean and nothing's wrong with that I know I'm not trying to say that's a bad thing for people but like for me personally I just felt like I can be doing and I should be doing so much more and um, again like there's nothing wrong with having that as a job but personally for me it was just one of these things where I was like I felt like what I had in terms of training and all the stuff I'd done for my life, I felt like I was wasted there, if you get what I'm saying. 
Yeah, I think, well, everyone has potential and not everyone fulfills that potential for a multitude of different reasons. But one of the, the main like kind of blockers or one of the main things that would prevent people from fulfilling that, atten- that potential is themselves. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes we can be our own biggest critic and sometimes criticism of ourselves is good because it can help us to grow and analyze situations where we can improve on but it can actually be a detriment and it can prevent us from doing what it is that we want to do and I suppose gradually over time you've kind of tried to challenge those thoughts and tried to build up a better um, encouraging kind of uh, dialogue with yourself to say well look you might have a doubt about being able to do something but why not try and do it anyway and see how far you get I suppose. Exactly. I think for me, I always had this idea in my head from when I was a kid that I was going to achieve something good with my life and I was going to do well and I wanted to do well. And again, like I said, coming from like a humble place and a work class background and an area where, truth be told, a lot of people grow up and they don't do anything with their lives. They go down the path of, of drugs, they go down the path of like crime and stuff like that. And like, I know a lot of people I grew up with doing that exact thing. And it's like, People like yeah, they, often they limit themselves and their potential by their own mindset. It's it's and in most majority of the time it is their own mindset. I think we can all. I always sometimes I would say we can be a victim of our own environment as well, but that's still a mindset. You can adopt that mindset and feel like a victim of your environment, or else you can feel like you know what I'm going to achieve outside of what this society tells me I should only be able to achieve based on where you come from, where you grow up or who you grow up around. Do you know what I mean? Um, so like for me, it was always a thing. I was like, no, I'm going to do something with myself. I'm going to make sure I get there one way or another. And along the way, there was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of self-doubt. But then on the backside of that, there was just always this thing in me that just said, no, you're going to do well. You have that potential to do it. Like you said, everyone will have potential to do something with themselves and whether they actually want to dig deep and actually push themselves to do that a lot of people don't and they end up settling for something that they don't really like and that's alongside that comes a lot of issues that they'll have over time and they start to see then they're probably not happy and all these t- feelings that they just probably don't really understand um, and then I'm like again we see it a lot like it's a societal thing like where we come from like people go to drugs they start doing drugs and then it's all this like vicious circle stuff do you know what I mean um, so yeah ultimately like it's a, your mindset's huge um, and you need to have enough in you to be like right I'm not going to do more I'm, I'm not going to go there I'm going to do more for myself I'm going to push myself to do better or not better but just do do well enough for yourself that you're going to live a life you're happy with does that make sense? Yeah it definitely does and I think like one of the things that I would say to myself is well if you can make a positive change today for a better tomorrow and you can continuously do that over time a lot of one percent will add up to make a big massive difference and it's an incremental change and when you kind of allow that to compound and grow you know sky's the limit and uh, as cliche as that might sound but it's true and um, i definitely think that the societal pressures come into it as well because i think being from a particular place you can be told or even just being a bloke you can be told that, no, you're meant to be this, you're meant to do that, and you're meant to do this. But it's important to be able to have that capacity um, inside your own head to say, well, actually, I might be supposed to do that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to do what I want to do. And um, I think, so you went over to Dubai then, and you landed a, a job um, over there. And I suppose, like, when you went over and, you know, I'm there looking on the phone, I'm, <laughs> I'm stuck in my house, locked up uh, in a lockdown, and I'm like, 
geez, this fella's living living his life. He's having an absolute blast. Uh, he's having yeah, a fantastic yes. time. And like I know, I know you've spoken about it on Instagram stories a little bit, but maybe behind the scenes, it, it might have been the case. But yeah, uh, you weren't overly happy with with the working life over there. Yes, yeah. So I think like just we'll come back to that point about even moving to Dubai, like you were saying. So last year, just the, before even coronavirus was even a thing, I had planned on moving out. In my head, I was like, right, I'm gonna move to probably a different country and I want to get out of Dublin. It was more for the reasons like I was in a position where I'm either going to be moving out at home, renting in Dublin, progressing to the next step in my physio career or else I'm going to move abroad. And I was just coming out of a relationship as well. It was just, me and my ex just kind of broke up around that time. So it was like, our plan was to probably move abroad in 2020 anyways, if we ha- had been still together, but we just broke up. So it was like, and my house was like, right, Regardless, I'm 27. Was 27 at the time. I was like, I need to move out of my house. Like, I'm still living at home at 27. No chance. I'm living at home for the re- for this year. And um, the problem is with Dublin is it's so expensive, like ridiculously expensive to rent. I would have been paying most of my money just to rent. I was like, well, well, why do that when I could go abroad and have a good experience somewhere else? I could have probably better lifestyle, better weather. So Dubai, that's where the boy came in because I ticked all those boxes. I ticked the lifestyle box, the weather, better opportunity to earn money, tax-free, uh, salary it is over here, you don't pay tax. Um, and like I like the idea of that lifestyle with the party type lifestyle because again, like I beat it and I liked it. I like the party, I like the grill. So it was like, yeah, that that takes and, and the women as well. Then, <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? So I mean, there was lots of temptations to come here. So, um, yeah, that was that was the kind of a, a big deciding factor. Most of those factors there to get me here. So basically, what happened was, um, decided right now I'm gonna do. Me and me ex were just not gonna work things out. So like, right, I'm gonna put all my energy into going to Dubai. Coronavirus came in March, and I, it was funny because not even in my head, me, me mom, my sister, be like, oh, Dubai's not gonna happen. You're not gonna go." And I was just like, "Yeah, I am gonna go. <laughs> like, there's nothing gonna stop me getting there because I'm gonna make sure I go." And even though I had no right to believe that potentially in terms of what happened last year, or even to make the risk to move abroad was a huge thing. And I said, you know what? Like, I'm gone. I just knew when I seen it. And I'm a big believer in manifestation and things like this as well. So I just I had a picture on my phone of the of the Dubai skyline with a lot of buildings. I had, like, a whiteboard where I literally had on it Dubai in October. I literally wrote on it Dubai in October. And I remember the borders weren't even open. And then the borders in Dubai opened in June and that's or July. And that's when I started applying to jobs. I had on my whiteboard in my, in my room, said Dubai in October. And then what happened was I ended up getting an interview for a hospital or a rehabilitation center, which is basically just where patients, after a lot of surgeries or uh, injuries or sports injuries, will go for rehabilitation with the physio. Um, I got a job in a place like that. Really good place, really good facility. And went in October. So got her in October and... Yeah, everything for me last year turned out to be, I almost feel guilty for saying it was an amazing year for me. Like, worked on a lot of personal issues with myself after coming out of a long-term relationship. I got my head down, focused on what I was doing next in life. Um, Because before I decided to come to Dubai, I just felt like at my age, I did start to feel like I haven't achieved nearly what I should be doing. Or or I felt like I should be doing a lot more for the age I was. Um, and especially living at home was like all those things. So when I came to Dubai, it was like, I felt like it was going to take me and elevate me a little bit onto that next level in terms of my life. So yeah, got here in October and started the job after like a week. 
um, had a had a week forced us to settle in and kind of get me burns and uh, sort my apartment and things like that. Started the job, yeah. After the first week in the beginning of October, and then like eventually, yeah, what was happening with the job was like I just hated it. <laughs> to be blunt, I just didn't like it. It was without to go into too much detail. It was just backwards thinking in terms of the practice of like in terms of physio, a lot of outdated treatments being used. Um, not very much evidence-based in terms of their approach towards managing patients in a lot of ways. And I just, and also I was only treating Arabic uh, men, locals with someone with language barriers that were difficult for me. And it was far away from where I lived. The, the place it was like, not that, but like about 35 minutes drive, which isn't that far normally, but it's far when you're over here because everything's not that far. Um so I felt real far away from everything. I was working 10 o'clock to 8 o'clock Sunday to Thursday. So I had no life during the week. Mm. I was literally trying to go to the gym before work. Or I was trying to go to the gym after work. And I just couldn't get into a routine. And then at the weekends, I was trying to go out and socialize because I only knew a handful of people. So I, like I said, I, I know so many people at home. I have so many friends. And I came here with like no friends. <laughs> I had a handful of friends, I would say. And then it was like trying to meet people as at the weekends and make new friends and make make a new friend group basically people that i could actually hang about with so the first few months of that was really difficult like even though what everyone would have seen on the instagram was me having an amazing time and the nights out i had i did have some amazing nights out but they were probably 20 percent of the week yeah Do you know what i mean like you're saying like you're working from was it 10 until 8 like it's a long yeah. day and like the whole thing and hours yeah work-life balance is so important regardless of where you are or what job it is that you're doing and you know mm. sacrificing five days of your week in return for two is not a fair exchange like I mean you know no. this thing of living for the weekend it's great to go out on the weekend and I'm not saying that anyone should like shouldn't enjoy their weekend shouldn't look forward to it but if it's all you can think about and if you're not enjoying the other five days then it needs to try and you know, have some consideration towards what I'm going to do next in life and how I can formulate a plan to escape this kind of feeling of entrapment in this nine to four, you know, this job that I yeah. Listen, if I'll say this to anyone, listen, if you are only enjoying your life on a Saturday and a Sunday, you need to really reevaluate what you're doing because think of how little time your life you're going to enjoy if you only ever enjoy the two days of the weekend or the two weeks of the holiday you go on each year or do you know what I mean or that time around Christmas imagine being miserable or hating your life for the rest of that time you, you, you're never happy you're just chasing this thing every week or do you know what I mean or a few couple of times a year on a little holiday and it's just it's not really like life doesn't have to be like that I don't think I truly believe you don't have to live a life that way and you do have a choice you don't have to stay in these places or jobs that are making you miserable and um, I know like a lot of people have different circumstances. They might have kids, they might have families. That makes it even more difficult, but you still have a choice. For most part, there is a choice there. Regardless, yeah. there's a choice, you know? And like what I'd say is like, it's it's so cringy, but create a life that you don't want to take a holiday from. And I know like you're like, have a day off, mate. Like what are you, what are you on about? But like when you're doing something that you truly enjoy and something that's so fulfilling, you know, you do enjoy it and you enjoy the mundane tasks and you enjoy the average day to day. And yes, it's great to go out on holiday, but it's not something that you're, you know, sweating for and craving yeah. all year round and it's all you can think of. Um, and yeah. I think you said like, you know, it's hard for some people and I get that. I appreciate the fact that it is hard. And even sometimes I would say that I'm somewhat fortunate with the position that I am in that 
although it's difficult, other people do have it much more difficult than I do. But at the same time, like life is hard and yeah, like unfortunately that's just the way it is. But like it, I've heard this before, like it's 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 hard to be in good shape, but it's also hard to be, you know, fat and in in, in, in bad shape. Like, you know, you gotta choose what your heart like what your heart is. Like you might you might yeah. struggle to get into a good financial stability uh, or a good financial position. We also might struggle if you're not in a good financial position. So just choosing that struggle. Yeah. Finding something that's worth struggling for. Yeah, exactly. And I think, look, here's the thing, right? Everyone will always say, um, oh, do something you love because you never walk a day in your life, which would be great. Not everyone even knows what they love or knows what type of job they like. And everyone doesn't, you know, and I think what everyone should try to do is just try get do a job that you don't mind, that you're not waking up and hating. Do you know what I mean? Because you might not be lucky to do something you love. Not everyone's going to be lucky enough to do something they absolutely love to do. But just do something you don't mind doing. Do you know what I mean? Do something that you're not dragging yourself out of bed and you're not lying in bed feeling anxious about having to face your day because you just hate the job you're going to. I felt like that in jobs. And I was like, just, I just can't stay here. It's just it's so damaging to your mental health. It really is. And this comp- these things compound over time. And you just get, you fall into this kind of vicious hole of like almost depression and feeling like I just hate my life, you know? Um, so it's not always like a thing where you're going to find something you love or be able to do something you love massively, but just do something you can tolerate doing and don't mind doing, you know? I think that's that's a good way to look at it as well because um, like you said, either way, there, you can struggle being like you can struggle to get financially well stable you can struggle by being poor you know it's like pick your choosing your battles really and um, a lot of the time people will stay in these places out of pure comfort it's, it goes across into a lot of things now in life you know and i'm sure you know this as well it's like it's relationships it's jobs like it's, it's, those are probably the two main things we can say specifically like people will probably hate what they're in be so unhappy but just because they're comfortable there in a lot of ways, in some ways and sometimes, it's like easy to stay there. It's very hard to put yourself outside of that, even though you probably know you're not happy. It's still so, it's like a weird, it's like a weird thing how you it's can know you're not happy in a situation and be afraid to leave it. You're basically comfortably uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I think the other thing is it's the devil you know is better than the devil that you don't kind of thing. And you're like, well, this is shit, but if I leave this, something else could be even worse. But I think that's mm. kind of one of those limiting beliefs. And that's one of them kind of things that will hold you hostage within this comfort zone that I put in quotation marks, because it's not overly all that comfortable. Uh, and it's about trying to make that change and embrace it and just, you know, trying to move forward. I think the way to look at it is if you're in a position you're not happy in or you're not liking, you're, you're not the only, the only risk you're taking is staying in that position. The risk isn't leaving it. The risk isn't going and potentially doing something new because well, what's the worst that can happen? You go and do something new, it doesn't work out. Okay, you go back to what you're already doing. You know, for most people, this is this is an option. You can just go back to doing what you're already doing. Um, so what have you lost out on? You might have lost a little bit of time, but at least you know, okay, that other thing wasn't for you. The only risk is staying in the same place if you're not happy there. And if you're not moving forward in, in your life in a way that you want to be moving forward, you're risking, you're just risking your life in the sense of your time on this earth is being spent doing something you just hate. So the only thing you're losing on is your own time. And you will look back and, and people who just will stay in this place will just look back on life and regret it. They're going to regret it. Trust me when I say this. I've treated 
my main cohort of patients were 40, 50, 60 year olds. And the 50, 60 year olds who were the happier ones who had like, let's say more just general acute injuries that were nothing serious. And they would talk to me about their life and what they've done, probably well-traveled and just happy with the decisions they made. And I'll always be like, oh yeah, Lee, definitely travel, definitely travel. And then the other ones were people who probably had chronic pain issues that, Again, people who suffer from chronic pain, there's a lot of it. We call it the biopsychosocial model. So it's not just a physical issue. There's a whole biological, uh, there's a whole psycho, psychological, social aspect to their pain. And it can be purely because they might not be happy with their life. They probably hate what they're doing. They're probably stressed, anxious, depressed. And those are other factors that can kind of have an impact on someone's experience in pain. So you kind of see at that level, even these people who are probably really unhappy with decisions they made in life suffer from chronic pain issues. And it's not as general as that. It's not as specific as that. But, you know, you do see some some of that as well, which is, which is interesting as a therapist because you really start to see these really unhappy people, you know, in life and just in a lot of pain. And it's like, are they in a lot of pain because they're unhappy or are they unhappy because they're a lot of pain? You know, it's, again, that's gone on a different off topic slightly. But the point I'm making is the people who are happier in life are the ones who didn't or probably have made decisions for themselves that like have took themselves out of comfort zones or went and let's say traveled or didn't stay in the job they hated do you know what i mean these are people who ultimately meet and they're always older and they'll always sit there and try lecture you and try give you or not even lecture but give you advice to say no do this don't waste your life you're only young and blah 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 and and there's a lot of truth behind what they're saying because think about it they've experienced life you know what i mean that we haven't Learn from oh, their mistakes what? and try not to make yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. I enjoy it's quite it's talking it's to you know older people. Yeah, true. And like people look, you can be ignorant towards it and think, ah, they're only old, you don't know what they're talking about. But remember, they've lived life. <laughs> they've lived this 30 years. And, and I think, like again, like I've matured so much in the last three years, like so much in the last three years. I would even say the last year, so much I've matured. And you start to look at these things slightly differently than I probably did in my first half of my 20s. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's worth, it is worth looking at. And, like like I said, it's just evaluate what you're doing. Like, are you happy? Or are you moving forward towards something that's going to make you happy? Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of people, okay, you might not be happy right now, but if you're taking steps forward, you know, mm. doing something proactively, like I said, that compound effect of doing that little thing every day, 1% at a time over so much time is going to have a huge impact. If you're doing that, then good. You might not be happy like right now. Okay, sometimes you have to go through the shit. Sometimes you have to just buckle down and say, Don't know what, you know what, I hate this right now, but I'm going to get there eventually as long as you're moving forward. Problem is a lot of people, they aren't moving forward. They're just staying in this cycle of, like I said, only enjoying life on the weekend or only enjoying life on, on one holiday a year, maybe two holidays a year. And it's like, imagine, imagine that. Imagine looking back on life and thinking, I actually done nothing with myself. And a few holidays in Spain, I fucking hated my job for the whole time, sinking into that. But you know what I mean? So it's like, if you don't actually put yourself like into a different position, you're going to hate that. You're going to look back and regret. And it's that's like, to, for me, like, yeah. It's trying to break the cycle. And I think like, yeah, exactly. You can't expect to keep on doing the same thing repeatedly over and over and over and over again and expecting a different outcome. You got to try you and do the same things, you know, you do the same things, you'll get the same results. And yeah, like I said, it is doing something to break the cycle. Like for me, it was going from, okay, that first job to applying for the physio job to 
getting the physio job to like even again this is the funny thing when i got to the end of my physio job back home hated it <laughs> hated it because in my head like and this is i don't know if this is me but i'm just i stay somewhere for a period of time and i feel like i need to do more I expect so much more of myself that i need to be climbing the ladder and if there was a bit of a ceiling effect in the place i was in so i felt like i hit the ceiling and i was like i'm not going to progress anymore here so because i was kind of stuck in this same place and not moving forward again i felt like i was unhappy then I got really unhappy because I wasn't moving in a direction or progressing and Dubai was the next step same thing I got to Dubai I got the hospital job I got what on paper was a good job comfortable decent money not crazy but just decent money and again hated it because I just felt like I wasn't moving forward I felt like I wasn't moving forward I felt like it was outdated in terms of treatment and how they manage patients and I was like this isn't what I came to Dubai for. I, I knew when I was deciding to come to Dubai, I'm coming here for opportunity, for potential to meet people, for potential to, to you know, bring myself, really elevate my life in a lot of ways. And in that hospital, I felt like I wasn't doing it. So I was stuck in that, that again, that kind of mindset of like, oh, and do you know what? For me, I'm probably too hard on myself sometimes, you know what I mean? I probably don't give myself enough credit um, when, when it's due. That's just how I am. I have, and ambitious people that will resonate with people who are ambitious in life because you're never fucking happy. You're never happy when you're ambitious. You always want that next thing or you're never just content. You're always searching, oh, I'm going to do this next, you know? And so it's like a blessing on the course because I wouldn't change that mindset because I know that's going to make me successful. And on the opposite side, like there's people who are just happy just to go about their life and just, you know, they might walk just a very, live a very average life, but they're a lot happier because that's just what they want. Do you know, they're just happy to do it. Yeah. For me, I'll never be happy with just settling for something like that, you know? I get you. And I'd be kind of somewhat similar because, you know, you're always wanting to strive for more and you're always kind of looking at the next goal and the next checkpoint and stuff. But sometimes it is important to just take a step back, reflect and, and like, you know, appreciate all the things you already have done. And it's, it's like sometimes looking back in order to see it, what you've already done can make that journey towards that next thing a little bit easier because you can kind of take some um, some encouragement and uh, momentum from kind of past achievements and stuff as well. But um, yeah. when we talk about then, you know, leaving the job, you know, somewhat of a, well, is it was a risk, yeah? Uh, it was a risk to leave the yeah, job. Yeah, absolutely. You decided to absolutely. You know, do something that you felt as though would be best for you and you went into it and, you know, now it appears as though you're, you're doing quite well. I'm sure, you know, you want to do better, but maybe you might want to just talk a little bit about that then as well. Yeah, I think, like, look, the, the thing what I did with the job was, I was like, I'm not happy here. Didn't come here to not be happy in the job. And I didn't come here to not be meeting the people, potential people who knew are in Dubai. You can meet, like, amazing connections here and your network you can build really good here. That's just the great thing about it. But in that job, I just felt like I wasn't going to get that. So, yeah, I basically just said, you know what, I'm sacking this off. <laughs> I'm going to quit. And um, it's quitting time. I was like, I'm out here. And I... It was like, I gave me notice before Christmas and then I left just before New Year's. Um, basically, leaving myself in a bit of a bad situation with no actual income, no security of a job. I spoke to a guy who basically does mobile sports massage, like a physio like myself, but he just does mobile freelance kind of work. He built up a real big network of clients and was quite busy and needed someone to come onto his team. Um, so I had that potential of working with him so I was like right I'll see where that can go um, so I left the job I, again like nothing was certain there was no real guarantee of anything I just knew no matter what I wasn't making a bad decision or a wrong decision because I knew I was just leaving a place that I wasn't happy in and I, th I think there's a common theme here in my life really so far I've been anytime I've been unhappy in somewhere in a job 
I mean, mindset flips to say, I need to get out of here. I'll leave. And it's, it hasn't served me wrong. I've done it four times, I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've done it three or four times throughout my life in the last 10 years where, again, like I had a lot more security at home because I was living at home here. I didn't have that security in terms of like, oh yeah, I'm not getting kicked. I won't get kicked out of my house at home if I don't have money. Whereas yeah. here I'd be, do you know what I mean? Here it'd be a different story. But even see, still, see like... Thing, see the thing about quitting, like quitting the job and quitting previous jobs and stuff. Quitting is like quite an underrated um thing or trait because quitting is the first step towards starting something new because you can't really give your time and attention wholeheartedly towards something if you're still tied and still being dragged back by the thing that is causing this you know the unhappiness in the first place yeah exactly and i'm not sitting here telling everyone that's unhappy in the job just get up and just get up and sack it all off and quit because look for not not it's not always that straightforward and simple you don't you don't you you shouldn't all put yourself in a in a bad situation if you can help it but the other side of it is is that you put yourself completely into like for me throwing myself off the, the the cliff in a sense made me so much more determined to make it work because i had no choice the problem is i didn't have a plan b then i own i, I didn't have anything else backing me up but i just had the skills i have and i had to go try and make it work after leaving that job. So sometimes it's actually a good way to give yourself that real drive and push to go and do something else. So it just depends. It's, it's very hard to give that as advice because it depends on your personal situation because not everyone can just up and leave their job, but some people can, and it might be the best thing. And I would say for the most people that are probably listening that might be in that position and hating the work or whatever, it probably will be the best thing you ever do. Um, and I'd say it most likely would be, but yeah, like you said, it is, it is always a risk. It is absolutely like, a risk for people who are for people who are listening. Yeah, definitely not trying to say quit your job tomorrow and you know blame me, <laughs> yeah. if, blame me if everything goes tits up. But like see, yeah. these, these kinds of conversations that we're having now, other people should have these with their friends, their family, and try and work out a plan that they can move towards something that they want. But anyway, um, back back to you, Lee. Um, yeah. So what happened was, uh, basically, long story short, that guy who I potentially could have worked with who was, was doing like mobile work, uh, just didn't have the work for me, basically. And it was just better for me to go on my own because I, again, have a few followers on Instagram. I know a few people over here who would have a good following who I could try use to help me promote myself as a physio to try to get work that way. So long story short, basically, uh, my good friend over here, his ex-girlfriend, she's a PA and... Um, so when a lot of VIPs come over, the company she works for, she books their, she does their bookings for them for like whatever they want to do. And so she had a VIP client who came over who needed a sports massage. And she messaged me to say, would I be able to do it? And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And turns out the client was Stormzy. So um, yeah, so I had Stormzy as like one of my first clients um, or probably my first proper client when I start, I started a new Instagram page, a professional page, because I wanted something professional as my physio page, not my personal one. pictures of me and selfies of myself all the time. Man. Yeah. So I was like, I needed, I needed a separate page. So I made that and I actually just needed content for it. I needed a picture of me working to start promoting it and promote myself as an individual that can do treatment, etc. But then I got Stormzy and, um, yeah, like she, I knew, I knew I had him before. Like she told me it was Stormzy. Anyway, she said oh, Stormzy. Like tomorrow's a sports massage. Can you go to his villa? So I went to the villa and um, I, I I walked into the house and there was like there was a big, huge fucking villa um, somewhere down 
not too far from where I live and went in and I went upstairs to set the bed up like one of the lads brought me upstairs and then like I seen him in the kitchen I was like oh my god that's fucking Stormzy like it's mad so he's just chilling in his kitchen and then I went upstairs and I was into his room set up the treatment table and it was actually one of his uh, mates was getting the sports massage for us we just chat normally and then we finished and he was like, um, I was like, do you want to send up the next guy? Because I wasn't sure if it was going to be Stormzy or maybe it was just another one of his friends who were getting it. But he said, yeah, I'll go get Storms now. I was like, oh my God. Like, what do you even talk to this fella about? You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it was just a mad thing. So he came up and he, as he was coming to the series, he was singing to himself, which was like, oh my God, this is wild. Like, he's just singing to himself. Do you know what I mean? It was like, he's fucking Stormzy. So he came in and we were chatting, said hello. Yeah, cool as anything. Really sound guy. Proper down to earth. He comes in in a United jersey. I'm a United fan. So it was like we were chatting about football, just chatting about normal stuff. Again, he's my age. He's 28. So you kind of, like, I think a lot of the things about people like that, and that, like he's an A-list celebrity, like, but a lot of them just like to be talked to like normal people. Do you know what I mean? So I didn't, I wasn't bigging him up or hyping him up or anything. I was just chatting to him like a normal guy, like normal fucking everyday shit, talking about this whole fucking virus we were. Do you know what I mean? So just the normal stuff. And then, at the end of it, I just said, uh, do you mind if I get a picture, which would be great for me profile to, to promote uh, my page. And he said, yeah, no problem. Got the picture then. And I'd been looking after Stormzy for like four or five weeks while he was out here. I seen him twice a week um, when he was out here. So that was huge. When I put that pic post up on my page of me and Stormzy and I started promoting, like it went really like, not, not viral, but it went like, got really big, got loads of traction online. Like on my Twitter, went mad as well. I got like newspaper articles trying to contact me and um, big pages on uh, Instagram, like doing like newspaper articles on me as well. And it was like, <laughs> and physio gets his storms, his first client or something, something along those lines, some stupid headlines as well. So yeah, well, that was, that was kind of, was the start of this whole new venture. I've started over here of kind of doing my own thing and mainly like going and doing mobile treatment like mainly sports massage for for people so um and, and physio treatment and rehab when, when needed but again a lot of people they just like getting deep tissue and sports massages so that's mostly what i do so yeah it's honestly since that i haven't looked back it was that was in the beginning or more close to the end of january i would say second half of january when that happened yeah yeah it's fantastic i mean like what a surreal moment that you 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 know, Storms, you're listening to him on Spotify nearly every day yeah. of the week or whatever. And then, you know, you're doing a sports massage with him. And, you know, like there's been multiple other kind of high enough profile um, people that you've, you've worked with since, like um, Mike Thurston. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced yeah. his name correctly. He's yeah, a, that's a right, YouTuber yeah. and stuff. Um, I think he was an Olympic athlete there as well. Like, I mean, you know, some... some I've had... I've had some of the biggest YouTubers, uh, Mike being one of them. I've had Andre Dayu, who's one of the, the biggest names in the fitness industry and fit, physique industry at the minute, like 4.5 million followers. He has huge guy. Um, I've had, yeah, an Olympian, a British, um, a Team GB Olympian. I've had a UFC fighter. Um, I have a professional boxer as well at the minute who's fighting for, uh, going to be fighting for a world title soon. Um, I've had some, yeah, I've, like ever since Stormzy now, Stormzy was, like, Stormzy's still a top dog, like I haven't had another, like Stormzy is an A-list celebrity, like that's different level, you know, these guys are like famous in the professions of sports, but like Stormzy is just there, you know, so that was amazing, but since him I've had like, yeah, like you said, 
some really high profile people that's just helped me build me kind of page and like it'll get people joking to me like oh you're like the celebrity physio and stuff like that you know what I mean so it's funny but it's yeah it's just snowballed it's honestly it's been amazing I've been getting so much business getting so busy over it's great and look I mean I suppose risk is starting to pay off but one thing I'd say with regards to you know um working with and, and dealing with all these kind of high profile clients that are quite elite in whatever um, profession or field that they're, they're, they're putting themselves in is that rubs off. And one of the things, like I put up a post there today and it was basically um, your vibe influences your tribe. And like, you know, you surrounding yourself with all these really high performing people, people who are um, successful in their own right is going to, rub off well on you and it's going to, you know, push you in the direction that you want to go in. I know you're said a really driven and motivated and ambitious individual. And I've no doubt that, you know, you keep on doing what you're doing and keep moving in directions you're going in. It's, you know, we'll be, be looking at you in the future and you'll be up there with them. Yeah. But it's a good point you made. I think, um, about the people you surround yourself with, you know, and, and being over here and, and you constantly meet people in the boy who are trying to elevate their lives are trying to, um, like pursue something in their careers or trying to progress in life and are working towards something and a lot of really successful people are really like rich people and it does it puts it in your it puts it in your sight and it makes it feel more achievable for you it makes you feel like you know what I can probably do this I can probably get this there's a good saying it's like you're the, you're the, you're the average of the five people you hang around yeah and it, it is very true in a lot of ways that if you hang around with five if you hang around with five people who love, let's say, fucking jazz, you'll probably start to like jazz. Do you know what I mean? If you hang around with, 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 with five people who are all absolute bums, you'll probably end up being a bum yourself. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you, it's good to surround yourself with people. And as you get older, you start to see this because you, you grow up and you, you grow up with people who you've grown up with in your childhood a lot of the times. And uh, as, you, as you get older or, or as you start to grow up, there is people who although we might always be your friends and just probably not going to serve your life in a, in a really positive way to a certain extent. Does that make sense? Yeah. So Liam, if you this really kind of resonates with me and it's something that I've kind of acknowledged myself would be is that, okay, yeah, you're my friend and I've no bad blood against you as an individual. And like, I'm, I'm not trying to say that, you know, what you're doing is wrong. So who am I to say, but if sometimes if they can't grow with you, they can't go with you. And, don't let, you know, a, a relationship that is, you know, a present one or a past one, like hold you back and you need to look after yourself first and foremost and do what's going to, you know, be the best for you. And if that means kind of moving on and doesn't mean that you have to hate them as a result, but, um, you know, wish them well yeah, and like, hopefully they wish you well as well and you can go and do your thing. Exactly. Like you'll always have friendships that you grow out of through life. Ultimately you will, do you know what I mean? But they'll always be your friends. And it doesn't have to be like a hard feelings about like, that's the thing. Like, I think it is so important. Like if you, if you're around people who are all striving to achieve and be the best they can be and are really ambitious and are working towards something and like, aren't just wanting to go out and like get wrecked all the time. And do you know what I mean? If, if you're around people who want to get wrecked and get party all the time, like that's not going to help you if you want to achieve certain things in life or if, you know, if you're like, the other side of the coin is that you, you, you're going, you just want to party all the time and you want to go out and get wrecked all the time. But there's someone in your circle who's not really into that. And you're always trying to get them to come out. Oh, come party, blah, blah, blah. So it's not just going to, you know, it just doesn't serve you. And 
Um, that's what happens as you start to get older. You, you will grow out of relationships and it's okay to grow out of relationships with, with, with our friendships with people because your life needs to take hold on its own and you need to do what's right for your life. Do you know what I mean? And people mature at different stages and different kind of rates yeah. as well. And there's no, there's no kind of bad blood or animosity with, with, with no. that. So yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really, it, man, yeah. I'm really, uh, I'm really conscious of time Lee, Cause I know it's late enough over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Not that late. But um, what was I going to say to you? So like, with regards to, you know, the, the career, the ambition and the drive, I mean, you know, keep doing what you're doing because you're, you're doing great at the moment and keep... Cheers, uh, Pat. Appreciate keep, that. Keep building on that. Like, I know I said it to you, I said it to you, I think I sent you a voice note on Instagram, I don't know, a couple of months ago now, maybe, or something. But just basically to say, you know, appreciate and respect you know, and all the work that you're doing and um, with your life. And I suppose, you know, you've said come out and said a couple of times on Instagram that you'd never kind of put yourself as an influencer. Um, you know, yeah. kind of the typical phrase, but I suppose I, I, I definitely this was something that I said to you in, in the voice note was that, like, by sharing your story and talking about these things you're talking about, you will have real, real influence in, in people's lives and provide them with, you know, maybe, you know, it might just be the right time, it might be the right day, it might be the right person listening, and they might get that moment where it's click and they decide to make that positive change, and you could be the, the, um, the spark behind that. So, yeah, man, respect it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, bro, 100%. I think, yeah, like you said, I, I would never put myself in, in a category of, like, influencer. But I do know, like, look, like, I know the area I've grown up in, and I know I, I grew up in a place where you could say opportunities are limited and it doesn't it doesn't set you up to live this kind of life in terms of achieving greatness or achieving, like, loads of things. Like, you know what I mean? It can You can grow up with limiting beliefs coming from rough areas or places that are mainly... Um, like areas that let, let's say like there's a lot of drug culture there's a lot of like almost like a gang culture we'll say do you know what I mean to a degree and look this is the thing with me I grew up and I was a little fucker I'd be going out I'd be fighting with people like you know I'd get into fights I was a little bollocks growing up as well I was I was one of them I was one of them little fuckers from where I grew up but uh, something something switched in my mind at whatever age and I and I did I always started to tell myself that I want to do something different with my life I don't want to just be this um, or go down this route this 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 route that a lot of people will take because they grow up in these type of areas you know I never ever look at myself and think of myself as gone better than anyone or better than people or from the place I come from I don't like to look at things like that um, but I always say like I know I'm different different doesn't mean better but different just is different and you can you don't have to be like everyone else you do the same thing everyone else is doing like again like I'll be open and honest about it like I've been to Ibiza I've partied I've been on parties I've never done a drug in my life and everyone's always so surprised to hear me say that I've never done drugs but I've been on Ibiza so many times I've lived there like a lot of people and friends I would be friends with would do drugs and it's like that's fine for them and but it's not for me and I never felt the need to do it because I always felt like I don't have to do what everyone else is doing. I know so many people who just do drugs because it's what everyone else is doing at the party or what everyone else is doing growing up. Do you know what I mean? I know it's probably not in the, wasn't planned for the conversation, but things like that, it's like, it's, 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 it's a, like a peer pressure thing where it's like, oh, but everyone else is doing it. Like, you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. You don't have to be like everyone else. Do you know what I mean? I think that's important for, for people to understand. And, and a lot of the time, people where I come from respect so much the fact that I don't do drugs and I'm not doing shit like that because they're like, fair play to you. 
you know, you're one of the few. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, definitely. I think like with regards to like, you know, the the social circle that you surround yourself in, the environment that you grow up in um, and the kind of the societal pressures that are put on people, they'll be different for different, like different surroundings. They're going to be different. And I think like this is it's ingrained in people from you know, such a young age, and they don't even know that it's being ingrained in them. It's just the norm thing to do. And, you know, I think the whole thing of peer pressure, it's the same when you were younger, you know, in first, second, third year in school, and you're going knacker drinking in the field. And, you know, maybe some people didn't want to drink, but you're like, ah, go on, go on, do it. And, you know, mm. with regards to that, and in anything in life, it doesn't have to be drink, doesn't have to be drugs. So it could be a job. It could be uh, wearing a particular fucking clothes, man. It could be anything. Yeah. It's just being able to have that, consciousness of your own life and your own wants your own desires and being able to make your own decisions because like one of the things that I always I suppose take pride in is that regardless of anything that's happening externally I can find this inner peace within myself and be able to have a clear clarity in my head and make the decision that I, that I want to make not because you know she told Second, me or man. he told me and when you kind of have that it's it's a good way to be and it'll serve you, you know, in anything that you choose. Listen, people, people, people respect you more for being your own person, making your own decision. Now, they might not like you. They might not like you because you might make that, you by doing that might make you completely different to them or not the same as them or not on their viable. They respect the fact that, you know what? He's his own person. He'll do what he wants to do for himself. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, you like, you know you don't you're not gonna please everyone in life, and you shouldn't have to be. Or you're gonna probably lose a lot of friends by being your own person and just doing the only things that you like to do, or not doing the things you don't want to do. But that's fine because you'll ultimately you'll end up around people that are on your level, and you don't have to like pretend to be something that you're not or, or do things that you don't want to do just because everyone else is doing it. You know, and um, you can still be around these people and, and not do that. Like I said, I've been to Ibiza, I've partied, I've been to parties, I'd still stay up. I'd go to parties and I'd still be one of the last ones still awake, but I'd just be drinking and I'd just be hungry and want food. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, you don't have to always just do what everyone else is doing. And like I said, people, what I've learned is a lot of people respect me more for the fact that I, I am that way. And again, it's, it's a nice thing when, when you just can meet someone that's just, they just do what they want to do and they're on their own level and that's that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think yeah, like you do you and let them do them, and I think yeah. like people do respect that. And I think the be- the beauty of the world is everyone's different. No one is the same, and you shouldn't try to be the same as someone else either. And you shouldn't try to live up the, to the expectation that you should be a certain way. Just be yourself, and people, yeah, like you said, respect you for that. So, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. I think now more than ever, just being an individual and on your own. Uh, being your own person is it will go much further because everyone's now especially with social media generation we're in like everyone just wants to be the fucking same person do you know what I mean everyone wants to just be the social media fucking guru whatever it's all there's very much uh, there's not as much individuality in a lot of people anymore so it, when you meet someone that's also in a different vibe or their own vibe and not just trying to be like everyone else it's it's very refreshing a lot of people are, are often surprised by me because you go onto my Instagram right now, you're listening to this and you look, if you listen to this, me speak and how I talk and things like that, but you see my Instagram and don't put my, don't put this conversation to my Instagram, you would think I'm just one of those guys, poser, 
fucking into himself out there living that Instagram life and and that's like do you know what it is it's fair it's a fair point for people to, to, I, to, to assume do you know what I mean what did I say at the start of the podcast Leah said uh, it's not just muscles and tattoos you know there's a brain yeah, in there too so <laughs> you know what I mean? no, yeah. man. there's uh, a lot more than that meets the eye but that's again like that when people meet me and talk to me they're always surprised by me because they would have only known what they've seen on a surface level of maybe Instagram or maybe even X on the beach. Um, do you know what I mean? Or just hearing, like, or seeing you in past or whatever. People, like, and, and then again, like, there's just a lot more. And it's probably, there's a lot of people, like, we probably all make assumptions on people based on that. And it's just so, like, you could be more wrong about a lot of these people. I probably do it to people on Instagram that look like this influencer. That, and I probably make, have a preconceived idea of that person and I know I have done in the past. And to be honest, anytime I've met these people, I'm, I'm, they prove me wrong most of the time. I'm like, do you know what I was wrong about them? <laughs> it's natural. It, it, like, judgment is natural. Um, and it's kind of how we decipher between the different things that we want to do. And it's part, a fundamental part of life. But I suppose with mm. regards to people and judging others, I say the world needs less judgment and more encouragement. And I've been banging this drum for fucking so long late. <laughs> mm. uh, but I think it, it like... It is people are starting to adopt it. And I think over the last year, you said so you said earlier on the podcast and you said that you felt slightly guilty that you you enjoyed this year. I think I suppose this year has been shit. It has been a shit show for many people. But at the same time, me personally as well, I've I've enjoyed it and I, I, I did feel guilty, but at the same time, I'm not gonna feel guilty about enjoying something just because someone else isn't enjoying it. Like it's my mm-hmm. life, I'm gonna live it on my terms. And like this year has maybe been one of the greatest spiritual awakenings for people ever because we have been afforded yeah. the time to slow down, the time to reflect, like decipher what's positive, what's negative, what serves us. And it, like find out, you know, I'm saying live life on your own terms. Let's let's find out what the terms that you want to live to are and then work from there. Exactly. I think like a lot of people this year, they're forced to face that shit because yeah. they don't have the distractions of the night. So, the drink, the parties, the holidays that they probably use a lot of the time to distract themselves from their own shit. So now it's like, you kind of have to just face it. You have to deal with, like, I think I've seen a lot of people say it, that they kind of like really had to deal with a lot of their own, like trauma will say because of being forced to spend that time with themselves or almost like, like, yeah, being in isolated situation, more of an isolated situation, which most people have this year. And like that was like I said, I was in Ireland for most of the lockdown last year. Do you know what I mean? I was there. I got it. I went in October, so I was there for a good six months, seven months. And during that time, I did like I, I used that time to really just try work on my own shit because again, like no one's perfect, and it's, it's good to be very like it's good to try be self aware and to know where you're feeling so much to try learn about yourself because there is a lot of stuff in terms of how you react or how you look at life or. Uh, how you feel day to day that you don't understand why most people don't have that emotional intelligence to actually understand themselves so like, if you start to take the time to learn about these things about yourself because they're not taught to you no one's teaching you this stuff no one's telling you how to reflect on yourself and no one's telling you how to deal with certain feelings you kind of just have to wing it as you go and a lot of people aren't good at doing it so then it's like you know what i mean they, then they use distractions they use things like like we said they use a lot of distractions to get by because there's a lot of shit they're not dealing with on a different, on a deeper level. What last year or this year, even now should or is doing for a lot of people is forcing them to kind of face a lot of this shit. Do you know what I mean? And it's good. Face it. 
Try deal with it. Try understand yourself better. Try learn about you and uh, work on your own stuff because ultimately you'll be a better person for it. Regardless of what this year is, you'll still come out the other end knowing more about you. That's always a plus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think like one thing that I, I said this donkeys ago was an Instagram caption. It was a nice picture and I wanted to throw it up and need to come up with a caption to go with it. But it was like, um, there's so many con- or there's so many variables in life. Things change, but there's one constant and that's you. And if you can try and have that place of inner peace if you can build up that self-awareness and that understanding of yourself that it's going to serve you in absolutely everything that you do relationships job whatever it is and I think it's a good point of like people being able to address their problems and their issues this year but I suppose as well some people have really struggled with that and you have seen that mental health has been you know Mm. really really down these days and people have been struggling I will put in the description of the podcast for anyone who's Irish based and I'll try and even include some UK ones or, or whatever as well but I'll definitely include the Irish one the mental health text number I think it's 508050800 I think it is and you text hello to that but um, I'll include it in the description anyway but I do think it's important to have a kind of conversation around mental health and like our conversation it wasn't the plan to discuss mental health it wasn't to be you know the, like one of the, the main topics but it's a fundamental part of life and even like mm us having this kind of conversation can help someone else like have the same kinds of conversation with their friends. And also it doesn't have to be a big fucking taboo. It doesn't have to be a big, whoa, whoa, mental health. And also mental health, it doesn't have to be like feeling depressed in order to talk about it. You can just talk about it on a daily basis. Exactly. It's just like the way to look at these things, just have a conversation, have a conversation about what's going on. Don't, we don't even need to stick a, the label on it as because we didn't like I said we, we never even before we spoke we, we, we said about potential things you want to talk about we didn't even say bringing up mental health mm. but the whole idea of everything that we've talked about has been what's been behind a lot of us me dealing with my mental health along the way in some way shape or form and sometimes just having a conversation helps like what you were doing with this page like on the lad voice page is is an amazing idea and it gives like again what's great now is there's a lot more of these things for people to go to or uh, these conversations to be happening more now and i think that's a good thing because yeah people are suffering bad it's been a such a hard year and a bad year for people's mental health and like it's going to be quite tough for a lot of people so hopefully what this can help if this helps one person, I'd be happy. Do you know what I mean? If this helped one person deal with something, I'd be delighted. Um, so have a conversation, speak to someone. Don't, it has to be a layout. Just talk to someone how things are going. What, do you know, just talk about shit. Talk about what's bothering you. Talk about what's, like, what you want to do. Talk, do. You know, just have a conversation about things and be open to speak about stuff. Just, do you know, most people, they just don't want to talk about anything. Yeah. Like that's on a deeper level. A problem shared is a problem halved and I encourage people to kind of have a conversation about it if they are feeling, um, you know, if they're feeling down or if they're feeling as though they, they, they need to talk about something, but they're maybe feeling a little bit reluctant just to get it off their chest. Um, but what I was going to say was, Lee, so maybe people have had a bit of a shit year, but there is so much to look forward to. Like there's so, so much Definitely. to look forward to. And I know, look, people, you know, saying I'm fucking sick of waiting and been you know lockdowns here in Ireland been pushed back and stuff like that but there is so much to look forward to I suppose for you like is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to or I suppose your situation is slightly different but is there anything you're looking forward to yeah I think Dubai is is great in a lot of ways but there's still restrictions there's still like you have to wear masks everywhere even outdoors which is an absolute pain in the arse when it's so hot you have to wear masks walking around unless you're on the beach but 
Um, there's still restrictions in nightclubs. I think I'm just looking forward to a lot of normality resuming and just like again, like no masks. I think for me, the biggest thing is no bleeding masks. I'm sick of them, but um, just yeah, a lot of things was going back to normal. And people, and even like I'm here, but I see I, I'm still keeping an eye on everything at home. And honestly, I feel for everyone at home, it'd be good for everyone at home when I see bad news about restrictions and stuff. But it is, it's not going to be forever, and things will once. And then over the next few months, start take noticeable change with the vaccine rollout. And I think it is something to be hopefully more positive about for people. And um, from me personally, what am I looking forward to is just, yeah, just continuing to do exactly what I'm doing now. I'm not looking too far ahead or putting too, trying not to put too much pressure on myself. I'm just going to go and uh, build on what I have right now and then have a have a planned five-year plan and a bit of a 10-year kind of thing I want to I'll have achieved. But in the short term, I'm just trying to get back to enjoying my life while working and uh, not putting too much pressure on myself because uh, ultimately yeah before I came here that's what I did so now I just want to try and enjoy it a little bit um, can't wait till till the uh, uh, the clubs and everything's back to normal and stuff because it's still like I said it's still some restrictions here you table service you're not going to go to bars I can't wait to go to a bar and bring someone to, to the bar and say let's just do a shot I'll order as a shot be in a bar shoulder to shoulder with people you know I can't wait for that feeling of just being amongst people having it off properly. That's yeah. my biggest thing. I can't wait to feel that, you know, which being hopefully will be this summer. Yeah, man. Just oh, that just whole... being on a dance floor, drops and, yeah. and everyone goes mad. Man, just being shoulder to shoulder in some sweaty nightclub that's absolutely <laughs> way, way too full. Do you know what I mean? Get, dragging people up to the bar, getting shots and just having a mad one. You know, I just can't wait for that whole feeling because when that happens, which it will, it's going to feel 10 times better than it's ever felt in the past because it's going to, everyone's going to just appreciate it so much more. Yeah, I think this year we've been forced to be much more grateful for all the things that we previously took for granted. Um, now, one more question from me was, um, is there any changes this year you've been forced to make that you choose to keep? Now, you can just give me one because I'm, you know, we could talk for ages. We've talked about a lot of it already, but maybe is there one yeah. that stands out? Changes in what way? Do you mean like lifestyle changes, like with, with coronavirus, or like it could just... be so, like you know, it could be a lifestyle change, but it also could be like now that you've been forced to slow down and yeah. you know sit with your thoughts and stuff. It could be choosing to address them. It could be like for me. So me now at the moment, I've given up drink. I'm not saying that I'm never yeah. going to drink again, but I did a I did a whole podcast on this. If people want to listen to it, they can. But it was basically to say, I didn't have a drinking problem, but I did see some problems with my drinking habits. And therefore, mm. I wanted to try and move towards a more positive uh, relationship with alcohol there. And again, not an alcoholic, but I don't think you have to be an alcoholic in order to identify that there's an issue there. So there, there that was one for me. I think for me, one thing I've that's kind of stuck with me well, and this goes back to last year, is like coming out of a long-term relationship and going through a breakup situation is just going through it. Like going through the shit, going through the different emotions, having good days and having bad days. That kind of continued on with like lockdowns coming and having some bad days with lockdown and having some dark days. It was just allowing it. The days will come where you'll have bad days and we can almost make it worse for yourself by beating yourself up for having a bad day. In my head now, the way, I, the way I try to look at things is if I have a bad day, I'm going to have a bad day. It's not going to last forever. I'm just going to go through that bad day. And that almost, I, I always tell myself that if I'm having a shit day, just just have your shit day. <laughs> allow it. It's going to happen. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Don't feel worse about having it. Just allow yourself to have the shit day. Because tomorrow's a new day or next week's a new week. And that's the one thing I've kind of, 
noticed I've started to change myself and it has made a lot of my bad days feel less bad. My bad weeks feel less bad. I was telling myself that this isn't going to last forever. These feelings are temporary. They're coming right now for the reasons they're coming. I'm not going to hide behind anything. I'm just going to go through it. I think a lot of the time we can try to shelve things too quickly or try, oh, you see people and they always like really, they're always like, no, positive thoughts, positive thoughts. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be repo-, which is a great way to be. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes like my life isn't always positive. It's okay to have bad days. That's I think ultimately that's the thing I would say to you. It's, it's fully okay to have some shit days. Have a shit time. Have that time to yourself. You know what I mean? Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Because everyone, like, and with, with good intentions, people who are like that, were like, oh, no, positive, let's be positive. Don't know negativity. Like, there's good intentions there. But it's not real life. There's some yeah, bad right. shit, you know, in the world. I think, I'm just going like, to with that and, like, go through it. You can have toxic positivity as well. And, you know, you can't be oblivious to the negatives. Negatives do exist. And, like, yeah, it's by having sadness. You can't have happiness without sadness. They're two barometers. Yeah. And- if you don't experience one, you won't know what the other one feels like. And yeah, allowing yourself to feel them. Like, don't fucking feel as though no, you can't you can have a negative thought. You can't have a negative... Allow it, acknowledge it, and then just either sit with it or try to work through it and, you know, play it out and see how it goes. But yeah, yeah I'd agree. Yeah. Sound, I know it sounds... It almost sounds like, well, that's just... That's obvious, just common sense, but it's not because a lot of people, like I said, when they have the bad days, they... They, the way to make it worse for themselves is by beating themselves up over it and they, you know, they, they just just allow it, just go through your shit and deal with your shit and work on your shit and I think that for me was the biggest thing I took from the last year and it's probably the virus situation that spurred all that onto me was I'm just going to deal with my shit here because like if I don't now I'm going to have to eventually, do you know what I mean? So um, that, that for me was a big thing. On a personal level I would say that's the biggest change I've had within myself and like that, I found since I've been like that, it's just I've matured emotionally so much and I have a lot more self-awareness. And I'm I would say now I'm very emotionally intelligent compared to how I would have been two years ago, which will be will benefit me in so many ways in life, in relationships and friendships and all that sort of thing. It's something that will help me massively. So um it's something I'm glad I've worked on and I'll continuously be working on it. You're never gonna be like a guru of emotions you know you're always trying to figure yourself out you know what i mean so at different times at different points in your life yeah i won't try and add to that and i'd say like with regards to you know you're, you're never going to have it all figured out well life is always about constantly learning new things but also unlearning old habits and things that don't serve you anymore as well so um exactly. i'm gonna kind of wrap the podcast up but i suppose just so if anyone does decide to make the trip to Dubai, if anyone is an athlete and does want to, uh, you know, get a sports massage or get a treatment, um, I'll you, let you, you know who to hit up. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave your Instagram handle for your own personal account, and they can kind of see what their perception would have been before the conversation and never the perception after it. Um, and I'll leave the the one for the the sports therapy uh, massage as well. Absolutely, yeah. And if, if anyone is listening and wants to know more, wants to message me um, and ask things about moving abroad, no problem. Give me a message. Um, I'm always happy to help people who are wanting to try and do things like that and give any advice I can. So, yeah, um, appreciate you having me on, Nate. And it was a very enjoyable chat. And uh, keep doing what you're doing with the page. It's, I'm sure it's doing amazing things for a lot of people. So, it's, it's a great thing to see. Thanks very much, man. I really do appreciate it. It means a lot. And uh, yeah, thanks so, so much for coming on. I think it was a fantastic conversation. And I think 
by having kind of conversations like this, it does help you to listen to other people's viewpoints, perspectives, and it helps you to grow as a person. So I'd encourage other people to get involved. And if people did enjoy the conversation, please do give it a share on the social media and um, yeah, follow the Lad Voice page if you aren't already. That's all for this week. Happy hump day. I hope you have a fantastic week and I will catch you again next week for another ladvoice.ie. Let's get talking. Let's get sharing podcast episode. Love yous and leave yous. And as always, peace. Thank you.